We're looking at Psalm 1 for the sixth time, and I think there'll be one more, so a total of seven. And in this session, I want to step back from the from the psalm itself after we get a glimpse of the issue and look at what it means to be called righteous and to be called wicked in the psalms. So let's read it and get ourselves up to speed. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, but his nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So, we've got this person's called the wicked, the wicked, the wicked, the wicked. And contrasting with them are the righteous, the righteous. Now, I'm going to look in context at what that means. But first, I want us to step back and, and see this. This is a much bigger question than just this psalm, because this is the first psalm, and those categories of wicked and righteous run all through the psalms. And if we stumble over what those mean, we will be hard-pressed to make sense out of the psalms. And here's the problem. In the New Testament, in Romans 10, I mean 3, 10, and 11, it says, as it is written, none is righteous. Not one. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. And if you would be inclined to think, well, there's one of the differences between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you were to strive to be righteous, and if you were good enough, you would uh, not perish, and if you were not good enough, you'd be called wicked and perish. That's not, that's not at all the case. <laughs> this is a quote from the Old Testament. Psalm 53, God looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They've all fallen away. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one, when God looks down from heaven. So taken absolutely, apart from any work of grace at all, there are no righteous people in the world. We are all sinners in the sense that we sin and cannot ever call ourselves righteous before God apart from his Grace. So it's not an Old Testament versus New Testament issue. Nevertheless, look, Psalm 34, 15, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. 
Psalm thirty-seven, seventeen. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Psalm thirty-seven, thirty-nine. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in a time of trouble. Psalm fifty-five, twenty-two. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. So who are these righteous? If there aren't any righteous, and yet God is promising good things to the righteous all the time, who are they? What sense are we to make of this? Here's a couple of passages that help answer the question. Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven. So we've sinned, and there's forgiveness. Whose sin is covered. So transgression that's forgiven, sin that is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. He does, there is iniquity, but he doesn't count it. This is called justification and in whose spirit there's no deceit. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but the steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord over against being wicked. There's the wicked and those who trust in the Lord, presumably trust in the Lord that his iniquities won't be counted against him, trust in the Lord that his sin is covered, trust in the Lord that his transgression is forgiven. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, all righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. So the righteous are those who trust in the Lord for their iniquity not to be counted, their sin to be covered, their transgression to be forgiven. And in that forgiveness, they do have an uprightness of heart. There is no deceit. In other words, they are not hypocrites. They're real. Not perfect, but real. They're not in their heart saying, there's no God. God is boring. God is unfaithful. God is cruel. They're not deceivers. They're upright in heart. So they are righteous in the sense that they are trusting the Lord for this glorious application of forgiveness and that is producing measures of uprightness in their heart. Here it is again in Psalm 146. Blessed is he whose help, help is from the God of Jacob, the person whose help is coming from the Lord. He looks to the Lord for his help, whose hope is in the Lord. He looks not to money not to his own strength and devices. He looks to the, to the Lord for his hope. The Lord who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. So this person who is looking to God for help, who's looking to the Lord to fulfill his hopes, that person is called the righteous and the Lord has a special, endearing covenant affection for him. So, it's true there is no uh, perfect righteousness in the world. But the New Testament and the Old Testament speak of people as righteous. Let's look at the New Testament. Here's the double meaning 
in the New Testament. First Philippians 3.9, then Philippians 1.9. Paul aims, he says, to be found in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from law or from law-keeping, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So this is, this is uh, justification. or imputation of righteousness by faith in Christ. So the imputation of righteousness, this righteousness is not my own. It is counted as mine coming from Christ because I am not having a righteousness of my own that comes from law, but the righteousness that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. He wants to be found in Christ because in Christ he has a righteousness, not his own. Now, one more text. In Philippians 1, 9-11, Paul prays, for real, practical outworking of righteousness based on this righteousness that I have as a right standing before God, which is not my own. Here's what he prays. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. Practically tell the difference between what is evil and what is good. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is, this is real fruit of righteousness. It's like treating your wife in a right and godly and humble and loving and caring way. Treating your husband in a right and respectful and loving and honoring way and a hundred other things that flow from the life of those whose sins are forgiven. So we go back now to Psalm 1. The wicked are not so, not so, not what? His delight, this wicked man's delight is not in the Lord. The righteous man's delight is in the Lord, the law of the Lord. This wicked man is not so. Not so what? He, he doesn't meditate day and night on the law of the Lord. He is self-sufficient, looking to his own resources, not paying any attention to God. The wicked man does not love the law of God. He hates the law of God. He doesn't submit to the law of God. He cannot submit to the law of God, according to Romans 8, 7. And he's not like a tree planted by these wonderful streams of God's life and hope and joy. So, the wicked, wicked, 
wicked are real people who are rejecting God, rejecting his way, have delights that are other than God, meditate on other things than God, plant their lives by other rivers besides God, and the righteous are just the opposite. And we're going to next time turn to the question of what are the righteous, what are the wicked, and what becomes of both of them. But in this case, this lesson, just don't rule yourself out. Don't have a view of righteousness when you read the Psalms that say, well, I'm not righteous because the Bible says there are no righteous, so these Psalms don't apply to me. That would be to terribly misunderstand the Psalms. If you are a forgiven sinner whose life is being reoriented around the Word of God, and you are now looking to God as your help and looking to God as your hope and planting yourself by the river of his delights and looking to his word for guidance as you trust in Christ, you are the righteous of the Psalms.